Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hooper. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? Um, I'm sitting here with my guest, Jessica. Um, I'm really excited to just be able to um, talk to you today. Uh, Something that you guys don't know is that Jessica and I actually went to high school together. And I think we were in choir together. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's crazy to come full circle and to just, I think, see where we're both at in life and the hardships that we've experienced, but also the redemption. And so I'm really excited to get into this story and just, yeah, hear uh, your testimony. So, okay. I am 27 years old. Um, This actually occurred in the summer of 2014. Um, I met this person at the lake when I was with friends, they invited us out to go camping with them and hang out. Um, And so my friend invited me and we thought it would be a fun time. So um, that day, me and my friend had drove out to the lake and there were some people there that I didn't know. Um, She had introduced me to some of her friends and one of them was this guy who kind of instantly drew an attraction to me and I, you know, I was attracted to him. We just started talking and um, went on about our day. And as things went on, I realized the day had progressed really quickly. Um, for a couple of weeks, we hung out and were seeing each other occasionally. And then one night he asked me to go to a house party with him and our friends. I brought a friend along um, and at the party, she had been introduced to one of his good friends. Um, they got along really well as well. And we spent the whole night kind of just hanging out and talking, laughing, hanging out with some other friends that were there too. Um, there was alcohol involved, but nothing too crazy. Um, once the night got pushed on a little bit farther, we were invited to go back to his friend's house. So as um, we got, my friend was the one that decided she would drive there. She hadn't been drinking a lot and um, we were able to go hang out. Uh <sighs> We got to his apartment and hung out for a bit. We played some more games. Um, The friend of the guy I was seeing had pulled my friend into his room. And the guy I was seeing started moving into the living room. You know, things were progressing. And we had been together before, so it wasn't something that I thought was unnormal. It was just kind of different since we had friends around. Um, as things moved on, things started getting weird and he was getting a little bit more pushy and physical. I wasn't super uncomfortable to that point, but it was just different than what I was used to. So it was, I wasn't thrown off yet. Um, what got weird was when my friend and the guy she was with came out and basically Both of the guys were trying to get us to switch partners. We were very uncomfortable with that. We kept telling them no. Um, We, you know, we didn't want to see each other's partner. Like that was just something we weren't comfortable with. Her and I were really good friends. So we thought that was weird. Mm. And then um, they were trying to force um, like a group, like kind of force some type thing going on. And as her and I kept telling them, like, no, we don't want to do that. That's really weird. We're really good friends. Like, we don't even want to do that in general. 
um, they were, they both started to get really angry and uncomfortable and frustrated with the situation. Like they didn't like our answers. Like they were just expecting it to go their way. Um, so after a little while we were able to separate, she went into the bedroom again and I went into the living room and this guy I was with started becoming forceful and he wouldn't take no for an answer. You know, it, it, he got rough and rude and started saying really rude things to me and mean things. Um, I asked, I, I do remember just asking him to stop a couple times and he didn't he kind of just did what he wanted to. Um, thankfully, I don't know why I didn't leave, but thankfully my friend ended up coming out of the room and she was like, Hey, you know, I really want to leave. And for a while there, I I specifically remember the guy I was with being like, no, you guys should stay. Um, it's okay. We can just go to bed. Like that kind of convincing us trying to stay, but we both were like, no, we're going to leave. And so we got our stuff and thankfully she drove so that we could just get out of there. But it was a very weird situation. I'm pretty sure she went through the same thing too. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think I think that you said something. Um, you said like, I don't know why I didn't just leave. Um, but my friend came and got me. Um, and I think that that's something that runs through a lot of people's minds um when they are when they've experienced abuse of, of any sort, really, um, whether it's, you know, six years of domestic violence or it's a night of sexual assault, mm-hmm. it's really hard in moments where you feel intimidated to say no and to like remove yourself from the situation. I think that there's a lot of things that come at play here. Um, you know, having our boundaries set in place and being able to say no and know what is okay and what is not. But also when we say no, um, I think it can be difficult to voice like our opinions or voice what we're comfortable with or what we aren't because we're afraid of what people will say how they'll react, what they'll think of us. And so sometimes it's easier to just appease and go along with it and, um, even freeze because, you know, we don't know how to handle a situation like this because nobody told you, Hey, um, if you ever are in a situation where someone's trying to force, uh, force them on you, it's like, that doesn't, that's not a thing. Like, you know, nobody's equipping you with that information. And so I think it's very, normal for for you to hear that and for other people listening who maybe have been in a situation where they didn't say no and have wondered why didn't I just say no why didn't I just tell somebody or why didn't I just leave you know when it I felt unsafe and I think just normalizing the fact that it's it's normal to not know what to say or how to handle the situation that's very common yeah definitely and um I think one thing that really uh, I struggled with was you know, we had been seeing each other for a little bit. So of course I wanted to impress this guy and I wanted to make him feel like I was interested. And I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to make him think I wanted to stay, I guess I could say, but I I didn't. And even though I was saying no, you know, I just wanted to make him like me, I guess it's hard right. to s- explain, but yeah, it, it was a weird situation and I wasn't expecting to have to go through that, of course. So it was 
I didn't really know how to handle it. Like you said, what was going through your head? If, you know, since you were seeing him and you had this perspective perspective, you thought that you knew him and then to be in that situation confronted with, you know, something just so weird. What do you, like, what was running through your head in that moment? Like, were you like, am I overthinking this? Is he just crazy? Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, I definitely thought for a little while, like, am I overthinking this? Is this just a weird scenario that like no one's ever told me about? Is this normal? And I've just never had this conversation with somebody. Whenever my friend had come to me and told me like, hey, this is uncomfortable. And she was open enough to tell it out in front of everybody. Um, I want to leave kind of thing. I was like, okay, this is not okay. I, I am uncomfortable. But it wasn't really until years later, whenever she had called me to talk to me about the situation that I thought more about like, yeah, that wasn't right. That wasn't a good situation to be in. It wasn't safe. You know, I should have been listened to when I said no, and I shouldn't have been forced to do things. So it was, it was some weird thoughts going through my head years later, but it took a while. Mm -hmm. I think that's, what's really hard too, about um, experiencing assault with somebody that, you know, um, because often it's, there is this stigma that and, you know, it's a dark alleyway and it's nighttime and, you know, the girl's walking and then she gets attacked and she's raped yes. and, and that does happen, but it's more frequent that, um, you know, the person, whether you're in a relationship with them, it's a friend, a classmate, someone you're working with. And in this season, you know, we have 12 women and, um, like a majority of them, more than half have been assaulted by somebody who they were either dating or who was their best friend or someone they really had put their trust in. And that's a really scary thing to think that, you know, somebody to put your trust in somebody and then to be, you know, completely caught off guard and faced with a situation like this, where, um, you, you know, you question, you know, I thought this person was, you know, X, Y, Z. And now I'm in a situation where they're making me uncomfortable. And, you know, he was proposing that you guys have a foursome and it's hard because there is like a level of trust there to be like, okay, am I seeing this correctly? Am I just being uptight and like, you know, what do I do or how do I, you know? And so I think uh, that's something that I think is important to talk about. And that's why I, when I read, your story really wanted to interview you and to have you on here because um, I know you and I have talked about it before, but sometimes when our stories don't align with this, um, you know, alleyway story that we often hear of um, what assault happens, like, or when assault happens, I think we think that our stories aren't good enough and mm-hmm. we don't speak up about them. Or sometimes we don't even realize that we've been sexually assaulted because it doesn't look like textbook assault. And so I think that that's why I really, really felt strongly like that you should share your story because I think that more people will relate with your story, something where it's like, you kind of don't know, okay, what did I experience? Was this okay? Was this normal? The, the, in the gray kind of, you know, sexual assault experiences, those are the ones that often go untalked about. And I think that's why it's important for people to hear this episode and, you know, for people to know your story doesn't have to be this crazy thing that like, is like, 
top notch to be have to have to ex- experience assault. Um, assault is assault. And, and when people are getting aggressive with you and they're not listening to your boundaries and they're crossing lines, like that is a sexual assault, you know, it doesn't have to be this, this crazy, um, extreme story. And so I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I think that more people will resonate with this than, than you think. Yeah. And I totally agree. Um, you know, they teach us all about the alleyway stories and you don't hear about all these other stories of it happening from people that we know, like you said, or, um, you know, when our boundaries aren't listened to. So for a long time, I, I didn't know how to like mentally process it because I was like, was this sexual assault? Was it not? Um, am I just crazy? Like what, what do I do with that? And it wasn't really until I started listening to your podcasts where I started putting more of the pieces together. And I was like, you know what? I I'm not crazy. This is something Mm -hmm. that I seriously did go through and um, I haven't really told anybody because I didn't know what to even think about it. And so listening to your podcast has really helped me and opened up those, those doors where I was like, yeah, this wasn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like the revelation or the realization came all at once? Or do you think over time, as you listened to the episodes, you started to put the pieces together? Um, I think it kind of came like over time, there was like different stories or different little pieces that I would hear somebody say, um, one of the episodes, I think you had, uh, your therapist or maybe your mentor or somebody with you. Um, and they were speaking, it was really that episode where she started saying a lot of things about like fawning and, um, a couple other things that just clicked with me. And I was like, yeah, like I remember that night and I would go over details in my head and listen to what she would say. And I was like, yeah, like those all match up. And it just like, of course, beforehand, I thought like something weird had happened. I, I thought it was sexual assault, but like, I never really um, was like, yeah, that was because I didn't know what to think about it. I didn't really talk about it. Like I said, so whenever she was putting out those facts and those, like the knowledge of it, I, that's whenever I was like, okay, she's right. This is it. That was sexual assault. My boundaries weren't listened to. Um, so I guess, I guess it kind of all came at once actually, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's really, I feel like just always when people share things like that, it really like removes me because I think that this podcast can easily become a place where, you know, every week it's a new story and I'm always praying like, God, like, don't let me become like numb or like, or desensitized to people's trauma because I'm hearing it so frequently that like each week that it goes by, it's like another episode, but it's not just an episode. Like it's a story. Mm -hmm. And when I get, um, when people say things like what you just said, it, I think fuels me, but also like reminds me like why, what was her name is, is what is there? Because I think it's really neat to just hear on the back end that, you know, you were listening to it. Um, and that you, you know, gathered things to be able to, to put together the pieces and sort of come full circle with something that had happened in your life. I mean, that's amazing yeah yeah so so cool um so I want to know how did 
this manifest in your daily life after having been, after having this experience, do you feel like it changed things for you in some ways? What, what happened after that? How did you cope? I definitely do think it changed some things for me. Um, I've been married for seven years now and this, oh man, I don't know, this happened maybe a year before I got married, year and a half. Um, so I think it really put me off towards my husband. I was, I was afraid to open up to him sexually and, you know, explore things. It took me a long time to be comfortable with him in, in the bedroom. Whereas, you know, of course I opened up to him as a person, so I married him, but Mm. it, it just, it took me a long time to trust him, to trust myself, to realize that he was going to listen to me and, you know, respect my boundaries. Um, uh, What was the second question? You asked something else after that. Just how did you cope? How did I cope? Um, I think what really started the coping was a few years later, whenever my friend called me and she was like, Hey, how do you, how did you feel about that night? Like, was it just because her and I never really talked about it after that night. We kind of just swept it under the rug and we were like, we're never going to talk about this again. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think when she called me years later, she was like, this wasn't okay. And I felt uncomfortable and we don't even really know who these people were like, how do you feel? We talked about it for hours. And I think that's whenever I really started coping with it and like realizing like my husband's not a bad person. This wasn't his fault. Um, you know, so I should let down my guard a little bit. It's not his fault kind of thing. Mm. Wow. And I think, um, you know, for you and for those listening, I'm really like, I think this topic, you know, of how, it manifested in your daily life with your husband is very, very real and very raw because it's difficult. Um, it intimacy is difficult after having experienced something where you didn't feel safe Mm -hmm. when it came to intimacy. Do you feel like he was like, it's, I think in relationships, like when one person has experienced trauma and the other hasn't experienced the same type of trauma, there's not a level of necessarily understanding what the person's going through. And so it requires a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like he responded to it? I know that um, it can be hard sometimes, right. To like, not take it personal because it's like, you know, I wasn't the person who did this to you, but you know, the effects of it are lasting. And so it is brought into intimacy and something that, you know, many people have to process. How do you feel like he responded to it and handled um, that? And what do you recommend for people who are listening, who may still struggle with intimacy um, with others? Like what, what do you feel like has worked for you? So to be honest, it took a couple of years. Like it wasn't until she called me for me to realize the reason why I was having so much trouble with intimacy Um, so for a while, you know, he, he wasn't upset or anything like that. He understood whenever I told him, it took me a long time to tell him. So, um, he understood where it was coming from and he wasn't put off by it. It was just, he knew that it was something that I needed to figure out on my own and like heal through and, um, figure out. So once we figured out where the issue was lying, it was more like, let's figure this out together. Let's, what, what can I do to help you type thing? That's kind of the type of person he is though. So it was really great to have somebody like that with me to help me. I think just openness and vulnerability. Um, and 
that you're, you know, looking at it from the sense of like, you're a team and you're figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it requires a special type of person to, I mean, not every, that's something I've learned um, when it comes to romantic relationships is that like, if you've experienced trauma of any sort, it requires a patient person to be able to walk through those big things with you. And that's why I, I say, like, I write about it a lot. And I think that um, it's really beautiful to hear your story with your husband, because um, to want to desire to have somebody to do life with, that's normal. I think many of us like want that, but um, often when we're looking and searching for that, um, we are looking at the wrong things that don't really matter, um, like physicality or um, money or, um, you know, just things, um, status, whatever it may be. And we kind of put certain things on the back burner, like patience and integrity. It's about looking at whether you can respect somebody or not. And how do they treat you in the sense that are they patient with you? Um, are they tender and kind? And I think those are the things that are ultimately really what's going to, um, help aid in healing because a lot of the healing will come when you get married and when you're mm-hmm. safe with somebody, that's when I feel like your body releases this trauma and you're able to process things, which is annoying. Cause you're like, okay, come on, it's like time of my life. And now I have to process this trauma. Like I'm finally, you know, with my husband and we can have sex and now I'm struggling with having sex. Um, but I think um, marrying somebody who is, you know, kind and impatient like your husband, um, I think that's, that's a big, that's a big thing. It's just who you said, it's just who he is. It's kind of just his character. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful to me. So I know that obviously the experience in itself was traumatic. Um, one question that I often like to talk about with guests is what was like the most painful point of your story? Because I think from the outside looking in, they think like, well, obviously it was the assault, but sometimes it's not, sometimes it comes later. Um, and there's different points where people feel like, yeah, this was honestly the most painful part. This is a part that it's just hard to move past. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like that was for you when it came to your situation? For me, I feel like it was the fact, like the realization of the fact that I did struggle with my husband for so long. Um, I, we had a really good relationship from the start and then I started struggling with things and it was because of my mentality wrapped around it all. And I just, I struggle still to this day, like feeling so bad that there was so such a long period of time where we like lost those intimate moments because of how I struggled with it. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's almost like, I feel like, something was stolen from you. Like there was Mm -hmm. this part, this experience and this like monumental moment in your life. And it was like kind of stolen a bit because you didn't get to fully experience that because you were like still struggling with the aftermath of the experience that you had had. Yeah, exactly. I think that makes sense. And I think that it's beautiful to hear though, that you and your husband are working and have worked through it. I don't know like where you're at now in this process, but I think just hearing where you're at now, um, is really beautiful. Um, I'm curious to know, like when, after the assault had happened, like, how did you physically handle it? What did you do? And then like, versus now, like, what did that healing process kind of look like for you? I know it, it kind of came to the surface when you were married and that's where you started to deal with it. But like, when you 
the day after this happened, how did you handle it? And then what was that progression? What did that look like up until now? And where are you at now? So right after, I think it was more myself, like mentally, like I had to figure out what I needed to heal. It took a long time to figure that out. So like the day after, like, I was just kind of like, this was strange. And I try not to think about it. Um, it took years later to, f- to figure out that I think it, I don't know if it made it worse, but I am very much a people pleaser and I see a therapist to help me with it. Like, it's just a really strong urge to make everybody feel um, happy and, you know, content at all times. And I don't know why, but because I have that feeling, um, I think that was a lot of the reason why I couldn't force myself to leave that night. So going to now, I, you know, I still am seeing my therapist regularly because she helps with that so much. And um, I'm still just trying to figure out my mental health and get through every day. Yeah, I think that um, we always say this, I feel like in every episode, but healing isn't linear. And it doesn't just happen all at once. Um, Sometimes you can feel like you're healed or you figured it out. And then, you know, two days later, you're like, crap, Um, I'm processing this other thing um, or how this, you know, had affected me. Um, But I think it's good that you're, um, yeah, just like working through that and being able to process it. Um, What are your visions and dreams now? Hmm, my, My visions and dreams are just to fully heal myself, um, you know, be able to go back, back to school. I want to go to school and get a degree. I want to continue to grow my family happily and healthy. Um, we just want to be able to live without the mental trauma of everything and enjoy our life. So beautiful. Yeah. I think that also you being a mom and having a daughter, um, I'm excited to just see that progression as well, because I think, um, you know, because of your experience, you'll be able to communicate with her when the time is right and sort of equip her, um, you know, with maybe the tools that we didn't have growing up as kids or as young girls. Um, so I think you'll pass that along as well, um, to your daughter as you Um, what is one thing that you would say to the people listening, um, just like as a tip or something that you just feel on your heart to just, um, I would say that if you're in an uncomfortable situation and you say no, that no means no, no matter how much consent you've given previously Mm -hmm. through that whole experience, um, don't let anybody make you do anything that you don't want or to take yourself worth away. Like make sure you you know, make your boundaries visible and let them know like, this is not okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Just, yeah. No means no. Um, doesn't matter the way it started or if you were making out and, you know, thought that things were getting heated and then you decided that you didn't want to do it. Like, and they decided to, you know, not listen. Um, a soul is a soul. And I think, um, also I think, just, you know, it's not just like one, it's not just like rape. Um, rape is obviously salt, but like, it can be also like a lot of other things, right? Like we're talking today about your situation or somebody who, um, you know, grabs you or, you know, does something to you that, you know, you didn't want to have done to you. Um, you know, 
going past the point of you being comfortable and, and, um, like moving past your boundaries and your body, that is assault. And I think, um, it doesn't matter how it started, but if you say no, that's where like the red flag goes up and that's where the line is drawn. And if they step over that, that is assault. Um, and so I think that's like really good just for you to say, and, and just for people to know that like their no, um, means no. And to hold to that and stick to that when you're in situations where you're uncomfortable and, um, it's easy to make excuses for people, especially people like in, you know, your situation where you knew him and you had a level of, of trust. And so you're like, okay, well I'm saying no, but he's being aggressive, but there was also like a level of like, okay, well, um, maybe he's just, maybe I'm just overthinking this, or maybe I'm just, um, in my head, but it's like, either way, your no means no, it doesn't matter if you've known this person for 10 years, 20 years, one week, like the no is a no. And so I think just like reiterating that over and over again, because it sounds basic when we listen to it, we're like, oh yeah, of course, no means no. But like when you're in that situation and you're confronted with something and you're on the spot, it's really hard to, you know, defend your no. So, all right, Jessica, well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really appreciate you. Um, we actually had recorded this episode last week and then had technical difficulties and I'm pretty bummed that we've lost that episode because I know we had some nuggets in there of gold, but I think we covered it in this one as well. Um, but thank you for just like being vulnerable and sharing your story and being willing to come on. Um, I know that people are going to resonate with it. So um, I really appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, tune in next week. Um, we're nearing the end of the season and only have a couple of stories left. Uh, thanks for listening.